What's up, everyone? We're here for Locked On Bucks. Camille is alongside me, and we're going to talk Bucks and Sixers today. This is the rivalry that has been building for seasons and seasons, but they've never met in the postseason. Maybe this year is the year they do it, but they will meet uh, tomorrow or today as you're listening to this podcast. We'll get Giannis, we'll get Embiid. So we're going to break down that matchup and ask about this rivalry and if this is the year that the Bucks and the Sixers are going to finally face off. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me, as she does once a week on this podcast, you can also find her on the Technical Foul podcast. It's Camille Davis. And we always thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, ever need I should say. Visit rockauto.com. And tell them locked on sent you. Now I am glad that you are here today, Camille, because for those that listened to yesterday's podcast and listened right through to the end of the show, <laughs> I said Camille was joining me today. Now the big problem with that was that I hadn't actually asked Camille, and I even forgot to message Camille after that podcast. But I woke up this morning to a message saying I would love to come on today if you if you need if you need me on the show. So Camille. First of all, you are a loyal Locked On Bucks listener, and we appreciate that. Uh, but you also put up with my general disorganization as a host of this show. I mean, I think you're being a little hard on yourself right now, but <laughs> I mean, there's always something to say to listen through the very end of a podcast. So I'm very glad that I did listen until the very end instead of turning it off or anything like that, because I also heard the, you know, the Kane Pittman and the Family Band possible live show. So you know, things that you get if you listen all the way through. Yeah, Frank Frank went uh, away from the script on that one and basically, said that, <laughs> and basically said that I'm trying to get back to Morky, which is true, but I hadn't really said anything to anyone. But once he said it on the podcast, I guess it's out there now. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. But another thing that Frank said, and before we get into Buck Sixes, Goran Dragic, social media, sleuth work at its finest today. Now, uh, Frank mentioned uh, Robert randolph or rupert randolph or whoever the hell this musician is uh that is uh, also i guess a surprise nba insider so mentioned the bucks and goran dragic were linked i saw a screenshot getting around today that goran dragic liked an nba tweet of Giannis scoring 50 points now this is 2022 camille this is how we really find out the yeah. scoops and where players are going so does that tweet mean something or does it not I mean, there are a lot of people who try to break NBA news throughout the season. So I like to take a lot of that with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, following players' likes and seeing what they delete off their pages and what they add on can be fool's errand at some points because sometimes players are just doing things to mess with people. Uh, the Dragic news, though, that he liked the Giannis post about him dropping 50, I don't know. It seems like he might be flirting with the Bucks a little bit. 
That's all I can really say from that. I can't say if like that guarantees that he's coming to Milwaukee or anything like that. But for him to like a post about Giannis, a little flirting going on, a little flirting, but I feel like that's normal. Uh, what a guy trying to see what his options are. Well, he's also a basketball player. Maybe he just liked and appreciated the that physical feat of Giannis scoring 50 points. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. If you love the game of basketball, unless maybe you're an Indiana Pacers fan who didn't really enjoy that experience too much. Why wouldn't you like the post? So who knows? But anyway, uh, this, like I said, this is 2022. If Goran Dragic starts following the Bucks tomorrow, then I think we have a little bit more smoke. So we will see. We'll see. A little what bit happens. more flirty. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. We'll see what happens uh, with Goran Dragic. The Bucks also made DeAndre Bembry official this morning. So uh, I guess depending on what happens, he might be available for this game against the Sixers as well. And more to the point. Uh, he probably is going to be required to play. We briefly touched on it at the end of yesterday's show, Camille, but uh, as I know, because you listened right to the end, which of course we <laughs> appreciate, but Bembry, more than anything, people sometimes tell me that I look too far ahead to the playoffs and they're like, why do you always discuss the playoffs when you're talking about things that are going on in the regular season? That's just the way I generally look at it. But with Bembry, I think it's a little bit different. The Bucs have a real need right now for someone that can come in and, and soak up a few minutes. So we'll see whether it is tomorrow or they wait until after the All-Star break. Uh, we'll see. But I do think that he's a player that can provide some value at least uh, in being another body that can come in and play. Could not agree with you more on that. The thing that's always interesting to me about when players get released or cut or traded or whatever the case may be is how that team's fan base reacted to the mm-hmm. move. And I did not know that Nets fans love Bembry that much like they were like upset that he was cut I saw a few posts on Twitter um, when it was announced that he was coming to Milwaukee saying like how dare they let him go to Milwaukee and of course they're the ones who get him and this and that and I was kind of like I'm not sure if I mean I'm not gonna act like I've watched Bembry often or anything like that Uh, I don't watch many Nets games um, but from what I know about him in his career, I mean, this year he's been having a great year from three, although that might not be real. That might be a little bit of mirage. I hope it's not. But overall, I mean, he's a defensive a defensive guy. Doesn't really give you too much offensively. You know, he's good around the, around the rim. But uh, the way that Nets fans reacted to him being cut made me feel like they were losing an all-star or something at some point. So, I mean, maybe there's a little bit more potential there than I thought based on their reaction. But from what I've seen, like, I think he's going to be a solid body to have. The defensive side excites me a little bit because as we've seen over the last, I guess you could really say this season, uh, the Bucks defense has left something to be desired. We know, I mean, Brooks a big reason for that, but there have just been moments of just overhelping poor communication, uh, lazy closeouts, lazy switches and things of that sort, just not understanding where you are. So adding another guy who has a defensive first you know, mentality, um, that's a plus for me, even if it's only good for the regular season. Uh, we are in the midst of a very tight battle in the East. So every win matters at this point uh, going into this final stretch. So I'm happy that he's, he's a Milwaukee Buck. I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll be able to offer. And who knows, maybe he will be able to provide something in the playoffs for the Bucks in certain matchups. Um, hard to say at this point, but we'll see. I wonder when it comes to the Nets and the Nets fans, whether there's just some sort of, and I don't know, I'm just speculating, but I wonder whether there is some frustration from the fact that when you look at the guys they've had on the roster and the guys that they've continued to play and prioritize minutes for, and you think about a guy like DeAndre Jordan when, when he was there and 
Uh, obviously, Blake Griffin, who looks like a broken down old man, and Lamarcus Aldridge, who retired last year because he had a heart problem, and he's been playing pretty well. But all these veterans, and then some of the younger guys that have kind of had to suffer because of that. And uh, Nick Claxton is one guy who you're like, well, I don't know what Nick Claxton is, but he provides more versatility and he can actually move better than some of these old men. Uh, And Jared Allen obviously was a guy that they moved on a year later. He's an all-star. So maybe it's just the fact that, hey, we've actually got a relatively younger guy. Uh, Why are we just cutting him to walk to another contender? So I don't know. I wonder if that uh, plays into it a little bit. I was having a discussion about the Nets uh, with Frank and, and the guys earlier today, just around the fact that the Nets, if they want to keep playing Blake Griffin, for instance, then fine, because he doesn't look like a guy that can play certainly to the capabilities that he did last year in the postseason. So we'll see what happens with Brooklyn. But let's get to Bucks and Sixers after I talk about bet online. Football's done, but don't worry about that because basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Do you care about college hoops, Camille? Uh, only Marquette. Okay. All right, fair enough. Are they even? I don't, this is my lack of knowledge. Are they going to be involved in the tournament? I think they are. I think they have a shot at uh, surprising a few people. Uh, so I won't go too far into it, but I think they have a shot to surprise some people. Okay, I like it. But you can get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and uh, to where the next coach, the next five coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information there. They're starting to wrap up the Winter Olympics, but you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that's BetOnline where the game starts. I remind you guys about the Locked On now podcast as well so once you're done with locked on box you can listen to locked on now you get short quick recaps of every game around the nba from the night before you'll hear my voice on there from time to time so if you listen to locked on box and you say well look Giannis just dropped 50 let's listen to a two-minute clip of kane uh, i don't know why you wouldn't be sick of my voice but if you want to do that check out the locked on now podcast you can do that uh wherever you get your podcast as well uh bucks and sixes so i was just going through some of the numbers uh, before we jumped on here, uh, the Bucks and Sixers have played 10 regular season games since Mike Budenholzer came to town. How many do you think they've won? Ooh. I remember some. Mm, I would guess that they've won, let me say, six of those. Well, you are pretty close, but they've won eight. So they're eight and two. And you know the two losses, and this is the, the two losses are actually very, very memorable. Christmas Day, one of them. Everyone remembers that. Uh, the other loss is the game that Giannis scored 50 at the uh, at, at Fiserv Forum. I was about to say at the Bradley Center, at Fiserv Forum. So from a regular season standpoint, and it's a little bit weird because there were some games where Ben Simmons wasn't playing. There was some games where Joel Embiid hasn't played. In fact, uh, Joel Embiid has been a DMP in the last three or three of the last four. So... Just looking through the individual stats, and we know Joel Embiid is having just an absolutely ridiculous season so yeah. far this year. He's had some big individual games, but the last time that he really did anything of note on the box score was that Christmas Day game. He had 31 points, 11 rebounds, three assists on that night. Since then, he hasn't really been a huge factor against the Bucks. And again, I had someone in the YouTube comments say, you got to stop talking about Brooke Lopez. He's not there. And I agree. But a big reason, I think, why the Bucs have had success uh, against Joel Embiid in the past is because they 
obviously we know traditionally we'll shut down the paint. You've got to do all your work from the perimeter. That didn't quite work too well with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in there. He's turned into a jump shotter. He's taken a lot of three-point shots against the Bucs in the past. So this is going to be an interesting game. And I think potentially the night that Joel Embiid breaks free and has a monster night. There's no Brook Lopez there. You're going to be asking Serge Ibaka to do a lot, Giannis to do a lot, Bobby Portis to do a lot. And I'm just not so sure right now if they're built the way they're playing defense to slow this guy down, but it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great point, and especially given the fact that the 76ers are coming into this game after getting completely blown out and embarrassed by the Celtics. I mean, that's, that's Celtics. wild, by the way. If you, I mean, yes. 48, 48 points. I, I know they're a bit depleted at the moment, but that was a shocking score when I was scrolling through the app. Yeah, when I first saw the score, I I was like, "Is Embiid out?" And then I looked, and right. I'm like, "Oh no, no, he's he's playing." They're just they're <laughs> they are just getting blown out right now. And you know, teams, especially a team like the 76ers, when you have playoff aspirations, you have an MVP candidate on your team. Like you're looking to come out in your next game, get that bad taste out of your mouth, and see what see what you can do. And not having Brooke against Joel Embiid is is definitely going to be musty TV. I think to see how the Bucks can can try to stop that man because, as you mentioned, he is having an amazing season. Like, I know there's that you know Philly Milwaukee rivalry <laughs> dating back now some years, but uh, I have to I appreciate good basketball. I appreciate the game itself, and I've been really enjoying watching Embiid this season. So I'm very curious to see how he looks against the Bucks without Brooke. Um, to see how him and Giannis, if, if Giannis is spending more time on Embiid, if they're going to have, you know, Ibaka take up that challenge, if they're going to throw Bobby at him. I hope we don't see what they did. Uh, was it against Jokic where they kept putting uh, smaller defenders on him and just be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to front you and see, see what you can do here or not double teaming him. So like, we'll see what they do, but I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, Philly might not have James Harden. But his influence is already being felt. You know, one practice and Embiid's doing his step backs during games. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see if Embiid tries to get any more of those off. But I mean, the 76ers, if I saw the injury report right, is only going to be without uh, Harden. So outside of that, which is a big piece for them to be missing because he's James Harden, but the rest of the team will be intact. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they come out against the Bucs. Because the other question is, too. Who on the 76ers is going to stop Giannis? Well, this is, that's a, first of all, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it. And this wasn't set up. But while I was looking at Joel Embiid's stats against the Bucks, I was looking at Giannis's stats against the Sixers. And this man has mm-hmm. not had too many problems with Philadelphia over the last few seasons, which again is kind of crazy when you think that in a lot of these games, uh, there was Ben Simmons and there was Joel Embiid. Uh, that Christmas Day game, was probably the low point, but I mean, on that day, the Bucks' offense was just—it was a painful Christmas Day experience. If you're if you're a Bucks fan, let's just say that he had 18 points, 14 rebounds, and seven assists on that night. But some of the other games, this is just some of the games that he's had. He's had a 52 point, 16 rebounds, seven assist game. He's had a 45 point, 13 rebounds, six assist game. He's had a 36, 20, and six game. He's had a 31, 16, and four game. 32, 15, and five. So anyway, the point that I'm getting at here is that over the 10 games, Giannis is averaging 32.8 points, 16 rebounds, and 6.6 assists. Pretty good numbers. Pretty good numbers, we have to say that. So no, they haven't had anyone to slow him down. 
uh, a lot of the times, and we've seen this with some teams, and some teams go small. You think Boston with Marcus Smart, some teams go big and use the, the size, which I think has sometimes given Giannis uh, not, not, not troubles, but it presents him more of a task in terms of getting to the basket. Embiid is a guy that moves remote for a big guy who most people see as very fragile, but he continues to do it and he continues to cause problems. So I am curious to see who they throw at Giannis. I suspect that we'll be seeing a lot of the Joel Embiid standing back at the free throw line, seeing if he's going to shoot, try and shoot uh, over the top of him or whether he'll get to the basket. But Giannis has had some memorable games. And I think he takes it personally. If there's one thing that we know about Giannis, he shows up for the big games. We spoke about it when he's playing against LeBron. He definitely does it against the Nets. And I think the Sixers, despite the fact they haven't got that playoff history, I think that he takes it personally with Giannis. Now, he might not admit that, but these numbers don't lie. He doesn't have nights off when he plays the Philadelphia 76ers. He does not. And on top of that, too, um, I saw the all-access video. I think it was against the the Lakers. And before, one of the first thing Giannis says is, like, you know, we're, we're a game out. You know, like we, we can make up a lot of ground if we win this game. Like we're a game out of first or something along those lines. So we know they're aware of where they are in the standings. We know that we're getting into that home stretch. They're trying to finish out things before the all-star break on a positive note. So I think the team itself, in addition to Giannis, is going to get up for this game as well, especially being at home um, facing Philly. So I have no doubts that they're going to come out and take this game seriously. It's on TNT. It's a national game. I think it's the only national game tomorrow night. So all eyes are going to be on Milwaukee and seeing what they can do with Philly. So I think that, as you mentioned, Giannis is not a, the kind of guy who shrinks from that type of pressure. He embraces it. So I, I think it's going to be a great game tomorrow. Well, uh, we know the Bucks and the Sixers have had some some history over the years. There was a time where did Sixers fans they got a did I I mean it's a long way away, so I, I can't really remember. Did they get a bus to the Bradley Center as the rookie of the year stuff and then Malcolm Brogdon didn't play and they started booing Tony Snell? Is that right? Is my memory correct? I know they organized a group to go. I'm not sure the mode of transportation they used, but you are accurate that they had a group of people come from Philly to Milwaukee for that game with the sole purpose to boo Malcolm Brogdon. And when Malcolm was out, they picked Snell as their their proxy to boo. So, yes. <laughs> well, I think it's, first of all, very petty, but I, I don't mind mm-hmm. a little bit of petty behavior personally. I'm, I'm kind of into that. So I would have wanted the Sixers bus, fan bus, to make it to the Bradley Center. So before they left, if I had been doing this podcast back then, I would have let them know about our sponsor of the show, Rock Auto, because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So if it's your your personal car, if you're going on a, a petty trip to Milwaukee on a bus to, <laughs> to boo an innocent man, then go to rockauto.com before you leave because it can really help you out. You can save 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. So go check it out at rockauto.com. Just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? Today, now we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So, one other thing I want to mention about the Sixers, because I, I just said that I do have 
I enjoy a little bit of petty behavior from time to time. Like that is something that I can really embrace. And Joel Embiid is one of the better villains in the league, but from a, I think a, a comedic standpoint, and I love it. I love the tweet about Ben Simmons. I love that he <laughs> talks rubbish on the court and he's waving Kevin Durant off and all this silly stuff that he does. I find it incredibly humorous. And I tweeted about Chris Paul last week when Chris Paul was uh, trying to get the officials to look at everything and he was trying to get a delay of game and all this sort of stuff. And I said, look, I respect Chris Paul that he's that old, that he's been in the league for this long and he's still just no shame. This is who he is. And I personally respect that. So I would anticipate, particularly if it's a close game, especially if the Sixers win tomorrow, uh, that Joel Embiid will he will be pissing off Bucks fans. They'll be getting mad about it, and I'll probably be sitting on the couch and saying, "I respect this behavior from this man." I kind of I'm into that type of thing. Yeah, I, it's entertaining. I mean, it's entertainment at the end of the day. Um, one of my co-hosts on Tech File, Eric, he we call him the Petty King because he tends <laughs> to track just the pettiness in the NBA. Yes. Uh, live for it, and I mean. Yeah, we, we've done a few things too, uh, not necessarily as petty as sending a, a group of people to the other city to, to boo someone. But I mean, when Giannis sat down on the court, Philly fans were outraged. Like they were like, how dare he sit down? And Giannis was like, hey, I, I felt like sitting down for a second. I mean, so I sat. It's not that big of a deal. And from Embiid's point, like I'm similar to you, where if the Bucks were to lose and Embiid had a great game and he trolled Bucks fans, I'm not going to take it personal. I'm going to probably laugh because Embiid's actually pretty funny. He's good at that trolling stuff. He's good at being petty. It's entertainment at the end of the day. And, I mean, if the Bucks win, I'm sure you won't see the same level of petty uh, that you might get from, from the uh, 76ers. But there probably will be some. And I think both guys are looking forward to this game, too, because when you're talking, like, MVP race, although Giannis says often he's not interested in, you know, chasing accolades, he's chasing wins and – with wins, accolades come, but to know you're going up against another guy who's also being talked about as an MVP candidate, I think that kind of gets the the competitive juices flowing even a little bit more. So there, there could be some petty, but we should expect to see some competition. Well, I'm glad you brought up the sitting down on the court because that was exactly what I was thinking about. Again, you know, sometimes I think when Giannis does that stuff, like he's a very smart guy, like he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. but also sometimes I think that he's just, he gets carried away in the moment. He's having fun. He's being silly. I think Joel Embiid is a little more calculated with how he goes about it. I think he's a more a veteran troll than perhaps Giannis is. But <laughs> it is a good point that you make about the standings. I mean, the Bucks right now 36 and 23. The Sixers 34 and 23. So same tied in the loss column, which is you know, generally where you want to look. Uh, some teams have played some more games. The Bucks obviously have. So it will mean something. The Bucks beat. The Sixers earlier in the season, which means that uh, if they win this game, they can clinch the season series. They play again later in March. I, I think that's only the three games. I just looked it up. I think they only played three times this year. So uh, this game is meaningful. And again, mm-hmm. it can be a little bit funny because this is the last game before the All-Star break. Guys can be a little all over the place. The Sixers maybe no James Harden. They've just got lost by 48 points. They want to just get to the break and get their guy back in the lineup. But remember, the last time the Bucks played the Sixers this year, it was kind of the coming out party for Tyrese Maxey. He went on that huge scoring run there. The game was you know, made to be harder than it should have been for the Bucks. So uh, let's, not, let's not overlook this team. We've already spoke about Embiid, but they've got some other guys, even though they don't have 
Setkar anymore, who was always a threat, scoring threat from the outside. Uh, they've got some guys, and this is this could be important for the Bucks. Very well could be. I mean, if you look at the 76ers, I'm not sure where you thought they would be at this point in the season without Ben Simmons, but the fact that they're 34 and 23 is is impressive to me because I didn't expect them to have a great regular season uh, with all the Ben Simmons, Simmons drama going on. I thought they might you know, kind of sneak in at the end once they figured out that situation. But they've been playing pretty strong basketball um, considering their circumstances, missing a key cog of that team that they've had for the last six years. So uh, I've been impressed with Philly. Maxi has done so well uh, having that increase in minutes without Simmons there. They, their team, they have a good team. Um, I don't think they're better than the Bucks, but they have a good team. So you got to take them seriously. And I know the Bucks will. I mean, I just look at the East, too. I just pulled up the standings. And there were all these conversations back when LeBron was in the East about how it was such a cakewalk, and that's part of why LeBron always won the East, and so on and so forth. And I'm looking at the East this year, and it's like, it's not no, it's not a cakewalk anymore uh, in this conference. I mean, Miami, Chicago, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Boston's starting to come on right now. Toronto's coming on. You have the Nets, who are the eighth seed right now, but we know what they can be if they're healthy. You have the Hawks, who were in the playoffs last year. You got the young Hornets. Like, there's some good teams in the East right now, and it's it's so fascinating to me to think about uh, what in the future. We, you know, five years down the line, ten years down the line, when we have you know a better understanding of what happens. But if Giannis is able to, and the Bucks are able to get, you know, more than one championship uh, with the way the East is shaping up, uh, I think it's going to be super impressive because the East is getting deeper and deeper every year, it seems like, and the competition levels keep increasing. So if you're a basketball fan, just overall, it's really fun to see. Um, if you're only a Bucks fan, you live and die by what the Bucks do. <laughs> if you, you know, if you're, Heartbroken after every loss, then buckle up uh, because the competition level is is here in the East right now. If the season ended right now and there was no playing tournament, it would be Miami Brooklyn in the first round. So yeah, I mean it's it's pretty crazy. Remember last year uh, for the Bucks, it was do you want to get into the top two seeds? And then you feel like you mm-hmm. had you're able to coast through. Now of course the Bucks swept their three six matchup anyway, which is exactly where they are right now. They would play the Boston Celtics who, as you said, playing great basketball. That wouldn't be a cakewalk. That would be an interesting series against Boston. I don't think the Bucs would lose. But uh, the point being, the first round is not shaping up to be easy no matter what seed uh, you finish in. So I I don't know how closely people want to look at the standings. Uh, One last note before we wrap it up. I was looking this up before because we did discuss it yesterday. Giannis leading the league in scoring right now. We know that he's right in the mix for MVP. Some more performances like... Uh, yesterday, and he will be even more so in the mix for MVP. Uh, Defensive player of the year, he's always going to be there and probably going to get votes. It feels like Utah have dropped off a little bit this year, so you have Rudy Gobert out of the way. Giannis has to be, he has to be right there. I don't even know if he's the betting favorite, to be honest, but he has to be right up there. So I looked it up. MVP, Defensive player of the year, scoring title. As far as I could tell, the only player to do that in one season was Jordan in 1988. That's rarefied air right there. And no pun intended uh, with the Air Jordan <laughs> comparison there. But, yeah, what Giannis is doing is extremely impressive. And to keep in mind that he's 27 years old, you can see the confidence in him at this moment in this game. It's it's so fun to watch. And 
thinking about defensive player of the year, I think the NBA released their rankings and had him at number one still to be able to dominate the game on two sides of the ball, the way that he does. It's impressive. And I hope that people don't tire of seeing Giannis be great or start taking it for granted to see what you're, see what he's doing every night. Like there was that stretch with LeBron again, where it's like he could have won MVP every year, but voter fatigue, people just kind of want something different and it went somewhere else. So I've said it before, uh, when it comes to watching greatness, just really appreciate it because you're going to be able to tell your kids and your nieces and nephews and people who weren't able to see Giannis in person that you got to see him play. You got to see him knock off all these different records on pace to break history, on pace to do things we haven't seen since Michael Jordan. So just enjoy it. Uh, and he's having a really special season, although it might not be talked about as often as some other names. What he's doing is impressive. And you can see that championship confidence in him at this moment, too. So what I can see here, Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert are the favorite side now. Draymond Green, I think he's going to be playing for a little while here as well. So that might count him out. Rudy Gobert, as I said, I mean, he's got a lot of these with their B voter fatigue, probably. But then you're looking at Giannis. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. And look, Memphis have been great. But do I think that mm-hmm. Jackson Jr. is going to win Defensive Player of the Year over Giannis? I don't think so. I don't think that it would be voted that way. So uh, point being, Giannis is uh, right in the mix there to pick up another Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, Camille, make sure to check out your boy Q and handicapping export, expert Lee Sterling on the Lockdown Bets podcast. Uh, do that. Listen to Lockdown Bets if that's what you're into. Uh, those guys would love it. They would really appreciate it. Let's wrap it up, Camille. We've got this game, 12.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. By my count, that is 7.30 p.m. Central Time tip. It is a national TV game. Might be a little bit later. Who knows? I can never figure out when these games are actually <laughs> going to tip. But Bucks and Sixers is always fun. It's been a while love since it. we've seen these teams get, get to play each other. Giannis and Embiid will be great. Uh, Camille, thank you again for just listening to the podcast and uh and just working with me on this thing because it's it's not always it's not always the most professional outfit hey you know at this point we're locked on bucks family so i always support the family Um, i'll I'll always listen to every episode and you know support what uh what we're building over here so that's not a problem at all and you're always so hard on yourself i mean first of all you're like the the segue expert at this point (laughs) i don't know how you get in some of these ad reads sometimes so Keep doing what you do. It's it's been good. I'm watching. I said this yesterday. I'm just watching Marcus Johnson do his Dua Lipa <laughs> ad raise, and I'm just trying yes. to follow. I'm just trying to follow in the footsteps of the great man Marcus Johnson. But let's leave it there. We'll be back after Bucks and Sixers. I'll drag Frank back onto the podcast. We'll wrap up the week and head into the All Star break, uh, discussing that game. Hopefully, a Bucks win. So for Camille and myself, we'll leave it there. Catch you guys tomorrow.